As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It's a brand new, bright new day in the ACC divisionless football coming in 2023. We've talked about this before, but now it's actually happening. And we know the format and we know the permanent opponents and people can stop yelling at me and and, and Matt Fortuna for saying that Syracuse was going to be one of Florida State's permanent opponents because they were. Turns out we were right. How about that? Joining us is the Athletics' Grace Rayner. She covers recruiting, the Clemson Tigers, you name it. And she right now is, you're currently in your parents' basement ready to fire off some takes, right, Grace? I'm like in the perfect place to really stir some things up. Yes, in the old parents' basement. Never played football before either. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. well, you, you're just not allowed to have an opinion on anything. How dare you? Yes, I, I've also never played basketball at a very high level, so I don't feel like I should talk about the ACC at all. So, but that's Okay. No, this is this is good. I, I appreciate the ACC for dumping this in a in a in a time when there's not a lot of we've had all this crazy news all summer or all off season. There's been kind of a lull, and I know the listeners are like, "No more Arch Manning for a day or two, please." <laughs> Even though Texas did get another another big time recruit on uh, on Tuesday, but this is interesting because this is. Nice and tangible. We're going to see the SEC do something like this. I think we're going to see the Big Ten do something like this. But this is the first one of these because the the Pac-12 said they're going to play. They've already created the schedule for this year, but they're going to do number one versus number two in their conference championship game. We don't know exactly what they're going to do going forward. This is the first time one of these leagues has said, here is what we're doing going forward. And it is... Still eight conference games, because remember, five ACC schools have to play Notre Dame in a de facto conference game, so they weren't going to go to nine. But five per, five rotating opponent, opponents, three permanent opponents, and you face everyone in the league twice every four years. Grace, when you looked at it and, and kind of looked at the different matchups, how did you feel? Well, I was excited that we finally got rid of the divisions, first and foremost. Um, I thought that was long overdue. I think a lot of the matchups they got right. I will say, um, I thought that 
not having Virginia Tech Miami surprised me. I thought that was a big one. And I thought that not having Wake Forest NC State as another permanent one was a big one. So those were the ones that that jumped out to me. You and I chatted about this a little bit off air when we both did our mock hypotheticals. I don't think either one of us knew what to do with Louisville. I don't know that the ACC did either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think largely it's a really positive thing, and I think it's a good thing for the conference. Yeah, it, it, nobody's going to have divisions anymore. And I know I've had fans write to me, so but I like divisions and I like the division races. But it, it it's not conducive to getting teams into the playoff whether the playoff stays at four or whether the playoff expands i mean what's the one year the acc got two teams into the playoff right they played a divisionless schedule the year there was no division (laughs) yeah exactly so and and also notre dame was playing a conference schedule and counted as an acc team but that's neither here nor there you have a better chance of having the best champion one and also not getting knocked out by a fluky division winner that knocks your champion out of the playoff or, or knocks your, the team with your best record out of the playoff. And the thing is, if the playoff expands, now you have a better chance of getting multiple teams in because you're giving a good team that may have a blemish another chance to get a quality win, and that may get them, bo- get them both into the playoff if, in, in that scenario. So it's, it's going to be an interesting deal to see it shake out in the other leagues. I'm glad the ACC's done this now, and, and we can see – See it here now. I, we we got to pour out a little bit, Grace. Pour out a little for uh for our dear departed Coastal Division. Oh, I There's know. only one more chance for the dream season in the Coastal. The Coastal <laughs> already already did the seven in a row. Seven different teams won the Coastal in seven different years. That, that was amazing. That was almost peak Coastal, but peak Coastal would be all seven teams finish four and four in conference play. <laughs> Make it happen, it's Coastal going teams. To happen. You know it's going to happen. There's no way that the Coastal is just going to retire quietly. Like it's going I'm, to be I'm, I'm afraid, given the exodus at Georgia Tech, given that Miami has a good quarterback. This is true. That the four and four seems hard for either one of those for different reasons. <laughs> so... <laughs> This is which this one do you a, think is more likely? Georgia Tech going four and four or Miami going four? I guess four? Miami, because Georgia Tech winning four games in the league is is hard to imagine right now. That's fair. So fair. Miami, I guess some you know, wheels could fall off or something crazy could happen. But yeah, and and so all right, Grace, let's do this one last time. Put you on the spot. Uh oh. Name the teams in the coastal. And the teams in the Atlantic. You had better get this right. Name them. Okay. I always forget a, a bunch of them if we're being honest. Okay. I'll start Atlantic. All right. So there's seven and seven. So uh, Clemson, Boston College, Syracuse, Florida State, Louisville, NC State, and who is the seventh one I'm always missing? Um, who's the seventh one? It's bad that I'm actually looking at all the teams. No, it's, it's Syracuse. I thought I said Syracuse. Who did I miss? Wait, you didn't say... Oh, you said Syracuse? Clemson, Syracuse. You say Wake? Wake, Wake. Oh, okay. Gosh. Wake, Wake. <laughs> I didn't have their state of the program this year, and that <laughs> threw me for a loop. Okay, that's that's Atlantic. All right, Coastal. This is where I always get it wrong. Uh, Georgia Tech, UNC, Duke, Pitt, Miami, um... 
shoot. You got two in the same state. Two in the same state. That you haven't named yet. Uh, dang it. I always get these wrong. Virginia and Virginia Tech. Virginia and Virginia Tech. (laughs) (laughs) It is so hard. It, It was Legends and Leaders, I think, was harder. But the ACC one, it was just none of it. It was never made logical sense because they didn't do it geographically and they didn't do it. I I realized that the uh, I think the initial idea was you separate Florida State and Miami. They would play every year, but but they would potentially be your two best teams. So you might see them again in the conference championship game. And that was that would be good for the conference championship game because they were big brands. This was in 2005 when when everyone was thinking this. A lot has changed since then. Uh, the rise of Clemson was not anticipated, and uh, the fall of Florida State and Miami being perpetually meh was was not what the league thought was going to happen. Yeah, but the coastal just gave us lots of entertainment because it was. I, I don't. Your lasting image of the coastal division is it. Frank Beamer, yes, arms raised in triumph. Say, yeah, it's the greatest <laughs> meme ever. Yes, it's not the coastal actually though, because that was a that was a Virginia okay. Tech Wake Forest Wake game, game. so true. it was a cross division game. So, but it it does really sum it all up. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just I it I'm gonna miss that, but I'm not gonna miss the possibility of of a very bad division champ, yeah, coming out and and knocking off a national title contender. So I'm excited for the league. The the we could run through the primary primary opponents. I, that that's pretty boring pod, but <laughs> we we are going to hit a few of the ones. So when Matt Fortuna and I and I covered ACC spring meetings, we were given some information that Florida State had had kind of lobbied to get Syracuse as one of its permanent opponents, and uh, yes. that that the orange would potentially be the logical ones for Florida State would be Clemson, Miami, and Georgia Tech. And the idea was Syracuse would replace Georgia Tech and got a lot of pushback from the FSU fans on that. I'm like, I, listen, that's just what we were told. I, yes. I, I, I don't blame, I, I didn't decide that. I, 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 it wasn't my idea. He went on the record saying that, right? That like, He did. He, he did yeah. afterward, yes. Okay, and, and so that's what they wanted to do. And so that is apparently what they got. And you know they were down the road on this. They didn't just come up with this yesterday. They were down the road on this. So he, sure. when when Michael Alfred said that, he knew what he was talking about. So you got you got Clemson, Miami, Syracuse for Florida State. Uh, Georgia Tech, meanwhile, gets Clemson, which we, we figured they would. Mm-hmm. Louisville and and Wake Forest. And you mentioned you don't know you didn't know what to do with Louisville because all of the. A lot of the old Big East teams had old Big East rivalries, and Miami and Virginia Tech were in the same league in the Big East together for that long, but it kind of did feel like they'd been rivals for a while. So that's why that that one not being there feels a little bit weird. But with Louisville, like, who do you create a rivalry with? You know, Georgia Tech, I guess, makes sense. Uh, Miami, I think they're probably happy. Some of their their better players have come from Miami. Teddy Bridgewater came from Miami, yeah. so. They, they get to have a presence down there, and then they then they go over and play Virginia. So I don't see anything particularly egregious when when we did this last time, and and our Virginia Tech beat writer Andy Bitter, who by the way, 
<laughs> Andy wants everyone to know that this was his idea nine years ago. So none of these old line ACC folks, the ACC media <laughs> mafia, like uh, Joe Giglio in, in, in the tri research triangle, nobody steal this because Andy Bitter came up with this nine years ago. I mean, he has the receipts, I will say. Yes. So, but we asked Andy about Virginia Tech because I had, I wasn't sure what to do with, with several programs when I was doing my hypothetical one. So for Virginia Tech, I gave them Virginia, Louisville, and Boston College. Uh, they ended up getting Pitt, Virginia, and Wake Forest. I really pissed them off by giving them Boston College. I don't know why they hate Boston. Like, and it's not a we hate them and want to play them and beat them. It's we hate them right. and never want to see them. So weird. But I, I'll be curious to see how happy that group is with with this lineup. I think them not getting Miami is probably a little frustrating. Yeah, w Wake only getting one of the triangle teams that surprised me surprises me. They get Duke. You know mm -hmm. we. A lot of this, and and kind of the the point everybody has made to to talk about why divisions were so dumb and and why particularly the the format they had was bad was Wake having to schedule North Carolina in a non conference home at home. Yeah. Well, they're not going to play North Carolina every year, but they are going to play North Carolina twice every four years, which I guess probably is enough for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one I didn't like, though. I wanted to see Wake and NC State be paired together. Uh, yeah, Wake and NC State would be fun. I think Dave Doran would prefer never to see Wake Forest again. <laughs> that's kind of why I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's that matchup has just been a nightmare for NC State over the last <laughs> few years. So one more of those, and then, then you don't have to see them two out of every four years. Yep. The Textile Bowl, Clemson, NC State, I'm very glad that that remains yes. an, an, an annual affair. Just because I just like saying the phrase textile bowl. It is an, an annual affair as well. I mean, I, like it seems like every year something crazier happens. Oh, yeah. Theory. And I expect, I expect, I mean, that should be the game of the year in the SEC or SEC, in the ACC <laughs> this year. A little Freudian I, I've, slip. I've moved them to the SEC. There's a secret. That's a, that's the news that's going to drop during SEC media. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Clemson but, fans will be so happy to hear that yeah. you've moved them to the SEC. But 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 Clemson, NC State, those on paper appear to be the two best teams in the ACC yeah. coming into the season. That that feels like it's the game of the year. And look, if if NC State keeps doing what they're doing, that could be the game of the year a lot of years sure. in the ACC. So sure. I'm, I am glad that continues to be an annual affair. And obviously, Florida State Miami needs to needs yeah. to happen every year. So uh, I'm glad for that. Uh, Pitt with Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech that that feels like some old Big East. It does. It has like, big, big, big East energy. I feel like all of them should have to schedule West Virginia. <laughs> Just on principle. <laughs> in the non-conference. <laughs> we'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is good. This is exciting. And I think, you know, if you're a season ticket holder for these schools, I think the variety is going to be nice. It's going to sure. give you give you some more more to see. And this is this is what we've said with the other leagues. I mean, that that really is what the SEC is going for as they try to decide. And the 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 catch is they they've got to convince the schools that don't want to go to nine conference games to go to nine because sure. as a sixteen team league you can't do this with an eighteen right schedule you can't have three permanent opponents you don't you can only have one and if you want to have three you have to have a nine game schedule where you do three permanent opponents and six rotating spots so I, I think that will be probably decided sooner rather than later and they wind up with the nine conference games. Big Ten, they've got to they've got to work through their stuff on this too. But uh, they're going to stay at fourteen. Unclear whether they stay at nine or go back to eight, but it sounds like they're going to stay at nine. I think. I mean, I think I'm glad the ACC did it first because I think they needed it the most. You know, like just perception wise, I feel like the SEC and the Big Ten can not take their time necessarily, but I don't think anyone was under attack as much as the ACC was for lack of competition if you will so i'm kind of glad they went first well and i do wonder if it if it freshens things up and you know it's funny because somebody was trying to make it make fun of miami in my twitter replies and say well maybe now miami will win their first acc title i'm like this actually makes it harder for them to do that yeah they've been in the easier division the whole time (laughs) like they they should have gotten this done before that because now they're gonna have to see somebody you know they're going to probably have they'll have Clemson on their schedule half the years, mm-hmm. so they have to play them. They'll have NC State on their schedule half the years. Uh, we'll see what happens with Louisville. But if Louisville, you've seen the way Louisville has been recruiting lately. I Seriously, mean, Louisville Miami annually may be a really fun game. <laughs> Maybe the SEC knew something all along. Yeah, seriously, because obviously Miami's recruiting has has perked up under Mario Cristobal and and they're determined to be a power and they they want to spend like Clemson spends and and recruit like Clemson recruits and and be very similar to the teams that that compete for the national titles and if they are then this is going to get really interesting cuz you're going to have you know maybe you would have had Miami Clemson in your ACC title game a lot of years if you keep the divisions but now, if Clemson is, if Miami is as good as we think they might get, sure, you're gonna have that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what happens next. Now, it, was there anything else that you would have liked to have seen, or anything else they could? It doesn't feel like there were a lot of other format options because of the Notre Dame thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to see some of those matchups we didn't get. And then I would say I wanted to see this earlier. Like, we had the blueprint for it in 2020, and it worked amazingly well. And so Mm -hmm. this starting in 2023 feels a little delayed to me. But um, 
you know, better late than never. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> the ACC better late than ever. No, <laughs> but we can't say that because they're first. This is true. They are first. They, this is they, true. Yeah. And I, I, I saw a lot of SEC fans saying, Hey, SEC office, let's go. Let's, let's get this it. thing. Let's get yeah. this thing wrapped up. And that they are kind of on the clock. Ditto for the big 10, because I would, I would think we're going to be seeing new schedule formats. 2023 seems like the logical time to start because sure. we know the 14 playoff is still going to be in effect for 2023, 2024, and 2025. But in all of these leagues, divisionless play gives you a better shot of putting multiple teams in a 14 playoff. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, I, I will be, uh, I'll be fascinated to see what, what happens going forward, but Congratulations to the ACC for for getting it done, getting it first, and for getting the Florida State fans off my back about the Syracuse thing. I didn't do it. Matt Fortuna didn't do it. The Seminoles wanted it, and that's what they got. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully your mentions will calm down a little bit. Although your mentions are probably nuts all the time. Enjoy your dinosaur barbecue every other year. (laughs) That's that's what you've got to look forward to. Uh, And it might... Maybe you'll go in the first half of the season. It'll still be warm. Yeah, that's true. Possibilities but is good up there. That possibilities is awesome from what I've heard. I've had some friends head there in the last few years, and, and the reports have come back great. Now, the coldest I've ever been was in Syracuse, New York. I was there for a basketball game in December of 2000. And I just remember I was visiting some people who were staying at a hotel next door to my hotel and feeling like I was going to freeze to death walking between the two hotels. Two. Dang, that's wild. <laughs> so it is, it is, uh, it definitely gets a little chilly. But listen, they're playing football in a dome, no big deal. You, you can handle it. And this is just a much more common sense thing. We will not have to see Wake Forest and North Carolina scheduling non-conference, non-conference. games against one another. And yeah, everything. Everybody on Tobacco Road is going to get to see everybody else on Tobacco Road. So we'll we'll enjoy this, and now we will start pressuring the SEC and the Big Ten, and, and we will tear apart their decisions about <laughs> the permanent opponents once they finally come up with them. But, Grace, we got to talk, because your, your role at The Athletic has changed slightly in the past few months. You now are also covering national recruiting for us, and – You've put out some incredible stories uh, so far. Oh, First of thanks. all, who knew Massachusetts was such a recruiting stronghold these days? Like right? it is, it's crazy. Now, I will say, you know, you covered Clemson, so Christian Wilkins was from Massachusetts. He, he pl- played high school ball at a at a school in Connecticut, but was a, a Massachusetts native. So, was he kind of the godfather of all this? I, I was thinking about that as I was reporting this. I was like, when was the last time I? I recognize a top prospect from Massachusetts and probably just the recency bias and also the fact that I was on Clemson regularly. It was Christian Wilkins. But yeah, I remember our recruiting editor, Mitch Light, sending me a message being like, have you looked at these Massachusetts numbers and these the number of, of top 300 kids that they're pumping out? And lo and behold, um, Massachusetts has become its its own little small factory, including um, producing who a lot of people think has the best offensive lineman in the country. And, and Samson, I can never say his last name, Okunlola. Yeah. Um, he's, so, he's looking at a, what Alabama, Miami, and Michigan State. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, it. who knew? I, 
Well, and the thing is they're they're willing to go anywhere because yes. You know, the, the Boston College is in state for them, but, you know, a lot of New England and, and the Northeastern states, state lines, I, it's interesting to me growing up in the South, like state lines didn't, don't seem to mean as much to folks in the Northeast because like you can go for a drive and you may drive through three different states. Sure. Like I live in Florida. You can, you can actually <laughs> drive for 17 hours and still be in Florida it's if you, if Florida. you wanted to drive from Pensacola to Key West. So yeah. Uh, it is a, it, it's a, it's a very different, different mindset. And how much of it is that, you know, they, there's some elite private schools yep. in Massachusetts and, and folks coming from other states to play football, but also take advantage of that education where when they do go to play college football, they have a lot of options open to them. Yeah, for sure. And I think some of these elite private schools in New England and in Massachusetts have also invested into their football programs a little bit more. So now their strength and conditioning program is not completely behind like it was in the past. And now the turf fields allow them to play some of these games. That was the, one of the things that blew my mind is just if you're playing in a state championship game and it gets canceled because of the snow, that's like the the best the best stage for you to get recruited at and right. show out at, and you can't play in this game if, because of the weather. So I think they've made a lot of progress there. Um, and, and I think there's been a little bit of a domino effect. And then someone pointed this out in our comments, which I thought was a really interesting perspective that we did not touch on. Um, but also you just look at the success of the Patriots and it really coincides with these kids growing up, so, you know, that's but, true. I mean, they've known nothing but the Patriots <laughs> winning yeah. all the time. Yeah, they're born in what the average the average recruit was born in two thousand and four. If you're sixteen, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, when they were born, the Patriots were already winning titles. I mean, yeah. and Tom Brady took them to that first one because the the Rams were supposed to repeat, and then Tom Brady and the Patriots beat them, and that sort of started the dynasty. Yeah, and that was two thousand the two thousand one season, which is so yeah, right when they're making me feel uh, some very of them would old. Have been now. born, some of them would have been. Uh, yeah. So all they've ever known is is dominance from the Pats. <laughs> so all of a sudden now they can play too. It, it, hey, listen, you got to go where the players are, and if they're popping up in Massachusetts, then then absolutely go, go get them. And listen, I, I they're probably willing to to go play for any schools in the country too. So I that's one thing I've talked to Ari about, and I'm curious to get your take on it. Ari and I t had this discussion on on. Tuesday's show where we were looking at where the top quarterbacks were going and it feels like that log jam is getting a little bit broken up where it, it and maybe with the other position players it's not as much but that it's not all Alabama Ohio State Georgia LSU Clemson Oklahoma yeah I mean I think that's exciting but and 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 good for college football but yeah I mean even uh, like now that the dust has settled on Arch Manning, um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And in a lot in a lot of ways, it makes a lot of sense that he's going to Texas. But if you just look at Texas's record last year and you just look at it on paper, um, you know, I think people think maybe two or three years ago he go, oh, yeah, he's going he's going to Alabama. No question. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm interested to see because I, I, I do think if you've got different schools, if, if there's, you know, an outlier in the top three every mm -hmm. year and it's a different outlier then the distribution of players changes the depth of some of these really sure. good you know every year contender programs 
goes down a little bit and it goes up a little bit at the ones that are that are kind of on the cusp. And suddenly it's not the same for school. So I hope I hope that's the case. But we're seeing a lot of recruiting announcements. We saw Jaden Rashada the other day do do a live announcement and commit to Miami. Uh, we, we've Arch Manning's I, I laugh about because he just all he did was tweet I'm committed to Texas Amazing. and that was it but you did a story last week that I loved because it, it brought back so many fun memories of of recruiting announcements and, and and I know the early signing period it feels like has changed this in yeah. terms of how people commit and how they announce but you talked about some of the more unforgettable ones and I, I had forgotten about Deontay Anderson committing to Ole Miss while skydiving. So epic, right? And not telling did, his mom either. Like, can you imagine how, as a parent your kid doing that and not telling no, you? No, I'd kill him. <laughs> Although like, he did if you survive, dad, so I'm going to kill here. you. <laughs> Golly. Well, how, how did that happen? Like, how did he decide to do that? Yeah, so he was going to do it at the you know Under Armour game in Orlando on ESPN. And I think a couple of Bleacher Report people came up to him. This was kind of when the commitment videos were really on the rise. When they got really crazy in the Bleacher really Report Really crazy, yeah. yes. And they basically, like Bleacher Report kind of pitched it to him and was like, uh, we want to... You know, do you want to do something? And he had told them, yes, If I, but if I make a video, I want it to blow up the internet. Like that was something that he was very clear he wanted to do. And then they asked about skydiving. He thought at first they meant indoor skydiving. And they were like, nope, let's do it outside. Wow. And um, and he did it. He, t- he was with his dad, so dad knew. Um, and he told mom about 15, 20 minutes before. And all the logistics were figured out. And he pops out of this plane. And at that point, you know, you're free falling and commits to Ole Miss when he lands. That is amazing. It was like, hey, he had like a hottie toddy shirt on yes. underneath. And yep. Golly. And and you you mentioned uh, Isaiah Crowell with the with the bulldog puppy when he committed to Georgia, which was good. I had forgotten about the dude who committed to Florida with a dwarf caiman. He was from <laughs> Cincinnati, and Ohio state law prohibited possession of of an alligator. Yeah. So he used a dwarf caiman. I I've not seen now the. The one I never want to see just because of safety concerns is a Florida A&M live animal mascot commitment. I don't want to see anybody bring a rattlesnake to a commitment. That's fair. That's fair. Well, the Cayman made me kind of – well, not I shouldn't say made me mad, but like I called Cool Critters Outreach, the – the service that provided the dwarf came in. I contacted oh. them probably three times and this and they this dude would not talk to me. And I was so upset because I was like, this is the greatest story ever. Like you he can't have an alligator. You gave him this came in. Like, how did this happen? But he didn't answer. <laughs> well, you know, listen, I've seen enough stories about people who have exotic animals in Ohio and their exotic animals getting loose that I'm not sure I'd want to get my name out there if I'm if sure. I'm a known Ohioan with a lot of exotic animals. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We'll be right back after these words. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You also had a few tales of when things didn't exactly go right. The, the one, the one I'll never forget is is Landon Collins and his mom. When, yes. when Landon Collins decided he was going to Alabama and announced this, his mom, who really wanted him to go to LSU, could not hide her displeasure. And this was on national. This was on ESPN. Yes, yes, that one was wild, and it was really interesting to sort of get the backstory of what had gone on before the announcement. So I guess there was a little bit of drama too, just in the, in the lead up to it, the commercial break, the production side of it, trying to figure out who was going to stand where. And, and Landon's mom, I think since wrote a piece saying that she had gotten into an argument with his girlfriend's family. Um, But you just find out all of these things that are happening before you see this on camera. And I think it makes a little bit more sense, the context of it, but yes, still a, a very wild, bizarre, did I just watch this? Oh, here, you you also mentioned one that I covered. Uh, I was just finishing up as a student at Florida when this happened. I, I my, It was a February of my senior year. Jonathan Cologne was an offensive lineman from Miami. Ooh, yes. And he faxed signed letters of intent to Miami and Florida. <laughs> and I believe Florida got him because their timestamp, they, they, they faxed that one first. Was first. That, so that one counted. I think that, and I, I think that's where he, he eventually decided that's where he actually wanted to go. But I can't remember what the exact scenario was, but there was a guidance counselor at the school who, I guess, mistakenly faxed the other one, not realizing Ooh. that one had already been faxed. Had but, been sent. Yeah. But that's, there, there's another South Florida one. And and you talked to the legend Larry Bluestein, one of the, the greatest high school sports reporters of all time, about this. But Alice Collins, former Arkansas running back Alex Collins, his mom stole his letter of intent, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, all of a sudden, like what I first of all, what I would have given to have been a fly on the wall. And and our Miami writer, Manny Navarro, was there and he was very helpful in pulling up his old clips and what he wrote and just kind of telling me how this all went down. But yes, I mean, he had to have a parent signature because um, he was under 21. So he had to have the parent signature. And when she wouldn't do it, um, his his dad ended up doing it the next day. But yeah, I mean, just a really dicey situation where you think this is happening. And then not only is it is it not happening, but you're she's she's taken off with with the letter. I And I'd never heard of the, the one where Rice sent a player's cat. Oh, a letter, yes, and yes. he d- he picked rice because they sent his cat a letter. Yes, isn't that incredible? Like, I can't decide how. Okay, I would be interested to get how you feel about this. Like, okay, if you, co- if you come up with this idea and or you write this letter, do you think you're like the most creative person ever? Or when you go home and your wife is like, "Andy, how was your day?" and you're like, "I wrote a letter to a cat." Like, do Whatever you love it, takes it or hate get- it? <laughs> like Kirby Smart essentially said in the post. Florida Georgia game quote that that ultimately got Dan Mullen fired 
It ain't about the the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. You, can, you can't out coach talent, I believe, is what, what Kirby Smart said. It's so true. if I got to write a letter to a cat, <laughs> I'm going to write a letter to a cat. <laughs> now, I mean, it worked. Rice got him. Yes. Yes. Now, who who did they get him away from who refused to write the letter to the cat is what I wonder. That's a great question. That's a great. And the, well, and the cat was, um, it was named White Sox because of just the had white paws. feet. Yeah. And it was like this whole thing. Like the letter had a letter had a cat paw print on it. It was addressed to the cat. Um JT yeah. Granado. That's yeah. That's how that's how they landed him. Wow. That is tremendous. And yeah, I, I it would be I might have to look myself in the mirror pretty hard on the day that that I wrote the cat the letter. <laughs> but as long as it works, I'm I'm good with it. It did but, work, yes. And, and then you you brought up another one in this story that my first year at SI, so I got hired at Sports Illustrated in 2008 as a recruiting writer. They wanted me to cover college football and college basketball recruiting. So on that first signing day there, there's a story out of Fernley, Nevada, that this kid, Kevin Hart, not related to the comic, he's much larger, <laughs> had had signed with Cal. Like he he'd, he'd pick Cal. Yep. He put the hat on and everything. The only problem was Cal had no idea who he was. <laughs> He'd apparently picked Cal over Oregon, he said, but neither one of them had actually recruited him. He had played high school football, but hadn't been very good. And so no one was actually recruiting him. Now, he ended up playing Juco ball somewhere. Like there he was did. a big ESP in the magazine story yep. on him a couple years later. But I just remember thinking, what on earth would possess you? <laughs> To, to do, do this. this. Like the TV station was there. Oh, in the town. gym was packed. Yeah. Yes. It was like a whole ceremony. Yeah. That like, one was wild. You have to know at some point somebody's gonna find out. <laughs> and it's probably gonna be today. <laughs> like yeah. why are you because because uh, you know, that sort of thing doesn't happen just out of the blue. You have to tell somebody you're gonna do this. Right. Like, and how does this high school coach Someone has to buy the hats. Like, well, right. But how does the high school coach not go, wait a second? Right. You're not being recruited by Cal. Right. We can't have this thing in the gym. Right. Like, right. Well, he resigned a month later, the high school yeah. coach did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like a whole shebang and called a whole thing, and everything was that's just what he decided to do. I mean, now it, it's interesting because that took, I'd say, a, about half a day to completely unravel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have unraveled in with less than a minute now. Yeah, oh, for sure. Definitely. Can you imagine the tweets now? Oh, my gosh. Twitter would be amazing. So the TV station would have tweeted a clip saying, hey, Kevin Hart of Fernley has just committed to Cal. (laughs) And immediately people were like, who? What? (laughs) Like, you'd had a statement from Jeff Tedford. Immediately. Immediately. While we're sure Kevin Hart is a fine young man. We've not been recruiting him and he's not signing with us today. Yep. (laughs) What the? Yeah. I just, because there's, I'm sure there's that moment where you're doing it. You're putting the hat on and everybody's cheering. Right. And you're soaking that in and it's great. But you have to have in the back of your mind, this is all coming crashing down within the next 24 hours. Yep. Well, that was the thing Tedford talked about. He was like, 
he like he 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 found out a recruiting reporter had actually called him and was going through the class and was like, "Wait, you're holding out on me. You're not telling me about this one other person." And he was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Blah blah blah. It all comes out. But that was one of the things that he had said in our interview was he was like, I just could not figure out how he thought this was going to end. Like, what did he think was going to happen to your point? Like, okay, the crowd leaves. (laughs) You've got this cow hat on your, on your head. Like what, what's next? I mean, it's almost like Andy Kaufman-esque performance art, (laughs) but I don't think that's what that guy was going for. Yeah. I don't know if he got caught up in the excitement of it or the you know the ego that comes with recruiting i i think i don't think you could do it today like because there there have been people in the past who've had like made up recruits and like there, there were some newspaper reporters who did a little practical joke where they made up a recruit and and got him listed somewhere and 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 some coach from one school actually drove somewhere to drove to some fictional high school to or drove to an address to fi- try to find him. But that was years and years ago. If you don't have a 24-7 profile now, like right. immediately, it's a story one of two ways. Either you're not really being recruited and you're making this up, or you're yep. the greatest like hidden gem in the history of the world and somebody's been sitting on you and and nobody managed to find you. Yep. But <laughs> this is so crazy. But yeah, I just cannot believe you would you would go through with all of the like when you wake up that morning and you know you've right. scheduled this thing in the gym. What's happening? You still have time to pull the ripcord. Yes, for sure. And you can pull it in a way that's not, hey, I just architected this entire scheme. You know, just yeah. hey, they called. It turns out there's a scholarship crunch. Yeah, for sure. They don't have a spot for me anymore. <laughs> we don't need to do this. <laughs> I'm sorry to have wasted your time. When's breakfast? Right, yeah. exactly. Well, and can you imagine too, I read somewhere in um, in some of the archives that I was going through, like all of the local coaches are like, wait, how how do we miss this kid? Like the, right. a lot of coaches are like, this kid's in our backyard. Like how did we miss him? Yeah. Cal and Oregon are coming after him. It's, and and that is, that is how that works. Like I, I do remember hearing Nick Saban tell the story, like when they were recruiting Josh Jacobs, who was in Tulsa did not have offers from the Oklahoma schools at the time, was not being heavily recruited. Like Nick Saban asked his assistants, go figure out what's wrong with this guy. <laughs> because when I watched the video, he looks like the player, yeah. the kind of player we want. So yeah. could you figure out why? And when they couldn't, they were like, no, we're offering him. And then everybody else offered they him too. Yeah. But but yeah, that's the thing. And and I do I I remember Dan Mullen when he was at Mississippi State telling me one time that he's like, there's some high schools in this state that you can't find with a GPS. So oh, you yeah. can still occasionally have a player who who is somewhat on the radar. Chris Jones might be an example of that because Chris Jones was a now he had he was a prospect. People knew who he was. He was a three star guy. But then he goes to the I think the, the Army All-American Bowl. And immediately gets bumped to a five star because everybody's like, yep. "Whoa, this guy's awesome!" <laughs> but by that point, he'd been committed to Mississippi State for so long, and he was good. So other schools came in, but he's like, "Nah, I'm good." And but I just don't think you can do that now. I, no, I, you, I don't you think can't you can pull it off. Fly under the radar, and if you did the made up thing, it, you would be found out in because some kid at your high school would go, "Bro, you don't have a twenty four seven profile. Right. Like you're not right." And, and so, 
But wow, I, I just I'll never forget the picture of him in that cow hat on the stage, hat. like with the tie on and just looking at the crowd like. Oh, <laughs> wow. I did this, didn't I? <laughs> OK, I know, guys, what I would have given to have been a fly on the wall in the like ensuing 45 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's 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 going to blow up. So, <sighs> Grace, I, I don't know that we're ever going to get another one of those, but I'm sure I, yeah. we'll get some some more wild commitments. Uh, we may get who knows? Maybe Arch Manning will be the new prototype. Maybe maybe now everybody will say, well, Arch did this. So the only thing you can do that's cool is for your first post on some social media <laughs> service to be that you committed to this school and you never say anything again. Then you bounce. That's yeah. what I want to know. Like, what were the Twitter, like, what is the Twitter record for number of retweets on a first post? Like, he that's has to be up question. there, don't you think? Well, yeah, because I would assume, so whoever was, I think, you know, you, you've had presidents on Twitter. Yep. You've had, you, you've obviously got Justin Bieber, that type oh. of person. Yep. Like, I don't know what his first tweet was, but I'm sure it, it got considerable traction. Uh, but no, this may be close to a record for retweets and likes and, and traffic on a first tweet. <laughs> high school student, Arch Manning, high school student. Yeah. He's, and, and I looked the other day, he still only had like 53,000 followers. I looked before he committed and he had like 17 or something. And he never actually <laughs> tweeted anything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let, let's see what he's up to yeah, now. What is he at now? I mean, well, I think I'm one of them. I don't know. I probably am. Well, and the, the, you know, the, the Manning family machine, make sure he got verified. 60 K. So yeah, 60,000. So he was verified before he ever before sent a tweet. Ever, following zero people. Jay Billis style. Yes. Literally none. Yeah. Arch Manning does not need to read your nonsense. <laughs> he's just here to throw footballs. <laughs> <laughs> this is tremendous. Yes. Please don't all recruits. Please don't follow that example. It's um, refreshing every once in a while. But we really need you skydiving and, and pulling out reptiles and, and yes. that sort of thing. Yes. So it's it's for our entertainment more than anything else. So Grace, it's been a pleasure. I'm excited to see the flow of anger from uh from the Florida fa State fans stop. Not my fault you're playing Syracuse every every year now. But enjoy <laughs> it. And I am happy for you. Congratulations to the Virginia Tech Virginia Tech fans. You do not have to play Boston College every year. I don't know why that was why that angered you so, but you're, I'm glad you don't have to do it. <laughs> it has been a pleasure. Stars matter with Ari and Mitch tomorrow, and we'll talk to you again on Friday.